close battle, and and I just said, uh, I said, yo, yeah, if you get down with me, I guarantee you, you make a record. I didn't even have a record at that time. At that time. At that time. Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast with your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you're thinking. Hey, what up? Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast. It's your host, Showtime. I got the most beautifulest girl in the world with me. It's your girl, East Rock. East Rock, what up? What up, though? Ain't nothing. So look, we've been gone for a minute. We dropped that Merry New Year's episode, and it's like, you know, we took a week off. We didn't mean to take a week off, but it was, I guess we should tell the people, it was snow on the East Coast, and we live in North Carolina, so in North Carolina, whenever it snows. Southeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything kind of shuts down. And it wasn't that it snowed that stopped us from doing the podcast. It was the fact that I had to shovel snow and my back was broke like Mike Tyson. Spinal. Mike, were you really sick this week? What was the problem? I broke my back. What do you mean by that? You my broke back, back is broken. What, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. <laughs> yeah, my back was actually broke after shoveling snow and the day that we were scheduled to record... Like, I just didn't have the energy to do it, and, you know, that kind of pushed us back, like, a week or so. So, you know, we're a little bit late, but that's all right. You know, we're on our own time. We're doing our thing. We're back. We back. So, what's been going on since we, um, since the last time we recorded? The new year came in. Any noteworthy news or anything we need to talk about? Anything popping? Not that I can think of. We may be missing something, but it seems like it's been a minute. But, no, I think we're good. Yeah, it's been a slow cycle in the industry for the last couple of weeks. So, but hopefully, this Can I Kick It podcast is going to spark things up. And definitely get things to shaking because we got a real dope episode in store for the people out there who rock with us. You feel me? Let's go. All right. So in this episode, we're calling it what? Jacking for Beats? Jacking for Beats. Jacking for Beats. Now, of course, Jacking for Beats is a phrase that was coined by the one and only O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice to the Cube. But this episode, I guess, you know, in hip hop, we always talk about samples. I'm a really, really uh, sample lover. Like, I really love my hip hop with a lot of samples. And I think that sampling is kind of like almost the backbone of 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 emceeing and of music as we know it as far as the culture um so i think we just kind of wanted to dedicate an episode to sampling and kind of look at how certain samples have played out over the course of hip-hop and look at some artists who have used the same samples and how they have kind of done with those samples you know yeah definitely we're gonna kind of do a sampling battle of the beats or so if you will jacking for beats beats. um so we aren't really going to focus on the technicality of it whether it was interpolation or actual sample i like that big word interpolation for you technical interpolation word real nice everybody can't (laughs) pronounce that like maybe like interpolation into interpol what well you know i read so yeah yeah yeah. you get your read on you know somebody like if you was in class like that's one of the words that you got to put your finger on and like stop and like inter interpolation yeah that's it no no no. it just flows so that's uh, what i like about you before you technical heads we aren't really gonna you know be too technical about that we're just really gonna look at two songs that use pretty much the same beat or the same sample in generally the same way so not where it was chopped up a whole different way where you don't even know that it was the same sample but just two songs use the same sample pretty much and which one do we like better? Yeah, because a lot of songs have like the same sample, but they're used totally different. Like when we were exactly. getting ready for this episode, um, I just wanted to see like everybody who sampled James Brown, The Big Payback. And I swear it's like 9,875 mm-hmm. people who sampled that song from the breakbeat to the bass line to, you know, just right. different parts of the song. So we want to be sure that we are talking about songs that use samples in the same way. 
Right. That would that would wake it way too broad right, for right, us right. to be able to. Right, right. You would have a, not just one versus the other. You would have one versus 9,999 right, right, others. Right. So yeah. this is just samples that pretty much use the same track the same way. Yeah. And this episode is dope for me because, you know, I'm a producer at heart. You know, once upon a time, you know, I used to be on the NPC, like banging out beats and chopping up samples and all of that. So you this definitely is, did. This is this is dope for me. Like it takes me back to to that essence of, of 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 being a producer and finding samples and digging for records and you know trying to be a young DJ premier at one point and mimicking those guys. But uh, also on this episode, we got special guests. Biz Marquis. Yeah, the one and only, the diabolical Biz Marquis. So we'll get into uh, what's going on with him and how everything is going to roll into. Uh, our interview with Biz based on sampling and all of that good stuff in just a minute. But right now, let's get into this jacket for beats. But wait. What? Can I do like my little Biz Marquee, uh like tribute? Your Biz Marquee tribute? You want to do that now? Yeah, I want to do it right You're now. You going to break it down? Yeah, it's just a okay. little something. I- <laughs> okay, we're, we're all, folks, I have no idea what this is about. So <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it just like you are. I have no idea. We didn't discuss this prior to... Uh, didn't doing didn't this you episode. used to be in school and you'd be talking about Bismarcky and you'd be like, oh. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Two. Oh, okay. Okay, well. I have a few skills. <laughs> okay, well, that made me think of something. Who was the better beatboxer, Bismarcky, Buffy, or Dougie Fresh? Mm, well, I think, I mean, Dougie Fresh is legendary. He is. I mean... You make me want to hit my Dougie oh, hand neck oh. movement. <laughs> I wish y'all could see her just like she really just hit the Dougie. Like, not the new school version not either. Not the like, new one. Like, literally the real Dougie Fresh. Yeah, just don't spin around on me. Like, I'm not ready for that. Like, don't, don't do him like that. I mean, he is one of the greatest entertainers alive. Have you ever seen Dougie in concert? I definitely have. But we're talking about beatboxing. Who is the greatest beatboxer of all times between those three? I'm going to go with Dougie. You think so? I'm going to go with Dougie. Buffy's pretty Buffy good, too. Ill. Like, Buffy, Buffy was so ill. Buffy, uh... Maybe overall Buffy, but on a more on the more technical right. like pinpointing certain sounds, maybe Dougie. Mm. And then Biz I mean Biz is right up there with him. That's all uh, right. Uh, the, do yours it. didn't really hit right. <laughs> it's oh uh, <laughs> Okay. Yours didn't hit right. Okay, all right, I got it. I need to take some lessons from you on how to hit that. All right, I got it. <laughs> All right, so let's get back on track. So what was I even saying? What was I even talking about? We were getting into the jacking for beats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get into jacking for beats. See how that, you know, see how she threw me all off, y'all? <laughs> so we are getting into jacking for beats. So I guess let's just run through the joints and let's see who sampled each beat the best. And um, I guess everybody get a vote. You get a vote. I get a vote. And you at home get a vote. You at home get a vote. So if you want to leave us comments and let us know uh, who you think used a, a particular sample the best, then hit us up. So first up, we have Dr. Dre, Snoop Doggy Dog, mm-hmm. Deep Cover Ooh. versus Uh-oh. Big Pun, yeah. Fat Joe, Twins. Oh my goodness. Deep both, Cover 98. Both of those are such classic records. Do you hear me? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. You've got the classic versus a really viable like redo down in the middle of little italy italy bitty bitty all right (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's go tonight's the night i get in some shit yeah deep cover on the incognito tip killing motherfuckers if i have to fill the gaps too let your niggas know i'm coming at you 
everybody gets the floor, don't be drag more if they move, noodle that Dead in the middle of little, 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 we know every middle to middle, middle, get them, get them, get be a closed game, how the day I take it now. So we have the classic, this is 1992, this is Dr. Dre. This is the deep cover soundtrack, yeah. which is a, a really good movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was critically acclaimed at all, but in the hood, that's yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. That's a that's a star power movie. Yeah, yeah. deep cover is classic. Um, Dre, of course, on the production, uh, a few different songs were sampled: uh, "Undisputed Truth," "Some Losing You," "Sly and the Family Stone," a single simple song. Uh, also, this song was supposed to, the story goes, that this song was supposed to be on The Chronic. I've heard that story, yes. And yes, that it, yes. they decided not to put it on The Chronic because Ice-T had just recently had his body count backlash right, right, with right, the yeah. police. Yeah, 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 I remember and that. And being that this song was about 187 on an undercover right. cop. Absolutely. They decided Describe not it. to go ahead and slide that onto The Chronic. Right. But I think it's perfect. It was a perfect soundtrack song mm-hmm. introduce us to snoop you just can't get a lot better than this yeah it's really hard to come behind a classic like that mm-hmm. and really make it as good and i really feel like this is probably going to be the hardest one for me to decide because mm-hmm. literally big pun on anything is almost automatically a win yeah pun and joe me. have great chemistry together i love pun and joe together but anything where pun just gets in the pocket of a beat and flows and just right. gets busy is He's automatically coming out number one. Right. He's literally one of the dopest lyricists of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really going to be hard. Big Pun, Fat Joe, Twins, of course, in 1998, Deep Cover 98. You know what's really dope about that that Fat Joe, Big Pun era is that they had like some really dope um, mixtape songs in that era. Like in that time period when it was like Joe, Pun, and um, I can't think of the other dude's name. He was a Terror Squad dude, but he wasn't like a member of like the Remy Ma Terror Squad. He was like the original earlier, earlier Terror Squad. Yeah, it wasn't like Triple Sace. It wasn't like one of them dudes. Armageddon. That was his name. Armageddon. Oh, Joe Pun. Yeah, yeah, Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. had like a couple of really um a real some really dope mixtape records back in that like right around that time period, mm-hmm. like ninety eight, um, ninety seven, like right around that 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 period when like the Ronji mixtapes were popping. Joe Pun and Armageddon had some really really hot records together. Yeah, so this is going to be a really uh, a really hard decision between an original and a really really good update. Yeah, like yeah. you, it's hard to come behind a song like that and make it as good. Mm-hmm. And it, it, for me, it really was as yeah. good. So I don't know what what's your choice. I'm going, and this is such a stretch for me. This is such a stretch because oh, then I know where you're going. <laughs> <it's a stretch. laughs> Probably never in my life if you compare. Any hip-hop from the East Coast to any hip-hop from the West Coast, would I normally side with the West Coast. But I have to go on this one with the original. I really, really Mm -hmm. love the original deep cover. Again, the first time we hear Snoop on a record, Snoop bodied that record. Snoop Eastwood. Right, right, right. He definitely bodied that record. He made you feel like he was the character in the movie. And this is before, this is when Snoop was still like even really too shy to look in the camera. Right, right, right. Uh, like he just had his Raiders hat on and. <laughs> pulled down and just getting busy. Yeah, and like a, a light starter windbreaker and that was it. You know what I mean? Like some khakis or something. Uh, but I'm going to go with the original. I'm also going to have to go with the original because it's just so monumental being that it was our intro to Snoop. Yeah. Um, 
outside of that, like it was really, really close for me because big pun on this track is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just his flow is mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. His flow is mind boggling. Like I said, anytime pun is on a track, it's almost automatically he's the winner. Mm-hmm. But because of the historical, monumental uh, aspect of this being Snoop's intro, I'm going to go with Dr. Dre, Snoop Doggy Dog, the original deep cover. Cool. So there we go. We agree for once. What do you know? I know. Like, wow. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? A married couple that agrees. Look huh. at God. <laughs> <laughs> Won't he do it? All right. What you got next? Next up is going to be Biz Marquee. Uh-huh. Make the music with your mouth, Biz. Mm-hmm. Versus... Mary J. Blige, I love you. Hmm. Now, is this I love you with or without Smith and Wesson? This is the remix with Smith yes, and Wesson. Yes, yes, yes. The only one we acknowledge, actually. No, don't say that. <laughs> That's the only because version I acknowledge. When I'm when I'm playing my life in its totality, Smith and Wesson is not on there, and They're I'm not. still okay. But every time I hear it, I just hear it. Hip hop starts out in the park. I love the original, but. I only acknowledge the remix. I'm sorry. Thank you, Puffy, for like reaching out to Smith and Wesson to do that remix. All right. Well, let's get into the battle. Let's get it popping. Jacking for beats. Well, I don't just do the beatbox. I rock on the mic and all the bomb that I say. All the people like I get the crowd jumping, get the girls heart pumping. All the party people say, isn't he something? I shine, you shine. In this day and time, we maintain the same frame of mind. Elevation, spark it up. Yo, start the circulation. 60 degrees in rotation. So we have Biz Marquis, 1986, on his Make the Music With Your Mouth Biz mm-hmm. EP. Uh, produced by Marley Mall. Of course. Against MJB. Right. At her height. Uh, featuring Smith and Wesson on the I Love You remix mm-hmm. in 1994. Production, Chucky Thompson and Puff Daddy. Oh, Chucky Thompson. <laughs> mm. Samples. Uh-huh. Isaac Hayes, Ike's Mood. Okay. From the album To Be Continued. Mm-hmm. Um, really dope use of the sample. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. go wrong with Isaac Hayes. You can never go wrong with Isaac Hayes. Um, I think they definitely both used the sample in a really good way. Hmm. Make the, make the music with your mouth biz. It's such a classic record. It's such a classic and... I always, I just remember being young and always like loving the make the music, make the music, make the music with your mouth. Uh, no. Did I do it right at time? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I. He won't be graduating from the Bismarck. I can't do it. I've never, I've never of... been a great beatboxer. Like that was never my thing. Like that was never my thing. But I'm gonna give you my vote. Are oh, you still, you still going? No, go, I mean, I have that against Mary J. Blige, which this is like the album I grew up on. Right, this right, is right, the right, Mary right. J. Blige, right. My Life. Yeah. This is me in high school thinking I was pouring my heart out with Mary J. Blige. Right, right, right. This is when you're in the car and you hear, I shine, you shine. Oh my gosh, you're there's nothing else. Happy. There's nothing else. You have you're, to rhyme every word to the rest of the song when you hear that. You're immediately happy. Immediately. So, yeah, so I think the consensus is uh, we both have agreed. I'm going with MJB. I'm going with MJB. Even yeah. though Biz is a classic. And he's on this episode of the he's show. He's on this episode, so um, it's hard, to, <laughs> it's right, hard right. not to let him win just based on that. Right, but, right, right. But MJB, that's a pivotal point in my life mm-hmm. where that's one of those songs that gives me immediate joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, that, I, I'm going to step up there and say that, 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 that I Love You remix, you got to put it up there. One of the greatest R&B remixes of all times, like... 
that got to be in a conversation. Definitely. That, like, it's just like Smith & Wesson were at their peak when that record came out. And to hear them, somebody from Boot Camp Click, somebody who is, you know, Jeans and Hood Check and The Shining, hop on an R&B record, which but was it, something... it was perfect for it Mary. It was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, and Mary was, was like the Hood people's R&B queen. Right. They still, they're talking about hip-hop. Like, they're not queen talking about... hip-hop soul right, and R&B. <laughs> right, right, right. So, Smith & Wesson definitely took that song... Uh, over the edge for me again one of the greatest remixes of all times and also that's that ike's mood that's a great sample um they both used it perfectly also used from that ike's mood song uh, by isaac hayes going back um to fat joe mm-hmm. he used it in a totally different way on the me myself and i album on the song jealousy Mm. It's a totally different take. It's right. a totally different part of the song. Right. Um, but that's one of my faves, too. So shout out to Isaac Hayes for Ike's Mood. Right, right, right. <laughs> Next up, Nas, mm-hmm. Street Dreams mm-hmm. versus Tupac, All Eyes On Me. Mm. Now, this is an interesting battle because, of it's course. Literally. Right, of course. Right around this time, Nas and Tupac, they weren't friends. They weren't Mm-mm. getting along. <laughs> Both 1996. Of course, Nas from It Was Written, mm-hmm. uh, Tupac from the All Eyes On Me album. Right. Okay. This, Let's this flip. My man put me up for the share. One fourth of a square. Headed for Delaware with one change of gear. Nothing on my mind but the dime sack we blaze with the glaze in my eye that we find when we crave. I bet you got it twisted. You don't know who to trust. So many player hating niggas trying to sound like us. Say they ready for the fuck, but I don't think they know. All right, so Tupac versus. Now, is there any history? Do you have any like interesting Encyclopedia Brown hip hop <laughs> facts about this? No, let's just talk. I mean, let's just talk about the obvious things. Obviously, the sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Clifford, never gonna happen from the Here's My Love album. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a Linda Clifford sample. Mm-hmm. Linda Clifford, and of course. Nas on Street Dreams, he also kind of uses that Eurythmics. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I know who the Eurythmics are. (laughs) I mean, I have to check. (laughs) Yes, I know who the Eurythmics are. I do. (laughs) Actually, I do. I do know a little bit of something about music. I I thought that was a really good use of that. uh, Only a radio personality. (laughs) I know a little something. I mean, you know, a little bit. I mean, I'm just saying. I just be checking. Okay. Really just the obvious. This is a at the height of... The whole West Coast, East Coast right. thing. Like you said, they weren't getting along at that time. But literally in the same year, they came out with the same track, which was on, you know, two big records for mm-hmm. them, for mm-hmm. each of them. Um, so there's no story of like Tupac knowing that Nas was sampling that record and then coming back and jacking his beat. No, not that I'm aware of. No. Uh, production on the Tupac was Johnny J. And uh, production on Nas was Trackmasters. Mm. Hmm. So interesting. I'm gonna have to just. It's it's always gonna be Nasir Jones for me. Yeah, well, you know, I've used up my West Coast over <laughs> East Coast quota for the year probably, so I have to go with Nas. Like it's only even though it's only right. Even though there's always this debate about you know with extreme Tupac lovers, but lyrically Nas is always gonna come out above Tupac for me. That's not even a conversation <laughs> that I'm willing to have. <laughs> but I will say Tupac All Eyes On Me is probably my favorite Tupac album. All Eyes On Me was a good album. Right. Um, and All Eyes On Me is a is a dope track too, but it's, it's just going to be Nas. Yeah. It's going to be Nas, number one, lyrically. It's going to be Nas because of the way he slid that, you know, Eurythmics in there for mm-hmm. me. I always loved them growing up, so... 
It's just going to, this one is kind of easy. It's going to be nice. And the video with the uh, theme from Casino. Yeah, this one was easy for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. We, so we are, are we like three for three on the same joint? Yeah, I don't know what's Houser. happening here. <laughs> is, is Mercury retrograde? When Mercury retrogrades and bad things happen. Oh, well, this could be a bad thing. I don't know. We've never agreed on three things in a row like this, and we've known each other forever. Let's keep it moving. Let's see if this continues. Let's go. So next up, we have Inspector Deck, Elevation, Mm -hmm. from the Uncontrolled Substance album, versus... Ghostface Killer. I don't even think this is fair. Like, I, stay I think, true. Yeah, I think they. I don't think this is fair. I think they did this on purpose. Like, no, was just a I beat. really feel like Ghost was like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you ain't doing nothing with this. Like, this let me is, hop on it. This real is quick. Deck on production. Right. This is Inspector Deck on production, and I feel like and uh, Inspector Deck was 1999, uh, Uncontrolled Substance. Mm-hmm. Ghostface was 2000 on the... Ghostface was like, son ain't doing nothing with that beat. <laughs> son don't know what to do with that beat, God. <laughs> so... <laughs> All types of fucking blood. So, this is... <laughs> Ghost came through with 40s and blunts and stole his whole beat. He came through with 40s and blunts and some Stop it. flicks. They're brothers. <laughs> Stop it. Let's get into it. Let's Where's see. Inspector Dex killer tape, God? <laughs> All right, so here we go. Time to trials and tribulations. It seems like life is hell. Dreams the only way of escaping to worlds that's beyond imagination. I know a place I can take you there through elevation. Yeah, we in the fields with heat. You fake niggas eat kid meals to me. We street referees, we rock. Jean jackets, thick shirts over turtlenecks. Certified doctors and hoods and still all you tech. Jack the beat, like totally <laughs> Jack just. Jack from your own group member. Oh my gosh, come on, ghost. <laughs> only woo, only like, woo. But this is no, that's not the only time they. No, no, no. Wu Tang has rhymed over the same beat, right? I don't know. I, that's definitely happened before. This yeah. is my favorite instance. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I love this track. Deck really got off on this track. Mm-hmm. It's a sample from Terry's tune, David Axelrod. Which uh-huh. RZA loves sampling David Axelrod. Like a lot of the early Wu Tang stuff mm-hmm. is David Axelrod samples. Uh, RZA, that's probably one of RZA's favorite people to sample back in the day. Right. So Deck slipped on in and did David his Axelrod own. And, and Bob James. Mm-hmm. This is monumental when you jack your own group member. That's <laughs> yeah, all I like, can say. Um, on Ghostface's joint, also the production deck. They still credit deck for the production. Right. Also, well, okay, first of all, I, I'm going to have to go. I, I, I want to give it to deck because <laughs> he produced it and because I really think it's a dope song. Mm-hmm. And I think he comes off on that record. Mm-hmm. But... Ghostface really made the track come alive, I'm and you know that familiar. you know that Ghostface is my all-time favorite favorite MC Wu member. Right? No, not favorite MC of all time, <laughs> but he's my favorite Wu member, and Ghost is definitely in the conversation when you talk about best MCs right. for me. Right, right. No, I get it. Also, this particular song, "Stay True," is preceded by my very favorite Wu Tang skit interlude of all time. Suze Woodrow that- the Basshead. Is that Suze? Yeah, Suze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw it out the window. <laughs> like literally every time I hear that, I am dead. Right, like right. in stitches. I love it. It makes me so happy every single time. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so the fact that that precedes this song and then this is a really dope track and it flows right into that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Ghostface for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ghost. Like I'm not really going to go against Ghost when it comes to like. He's just more what alive he's, Yeah, he, he, brings a, he brought a lot to that record. A little bit more je ne sais quoi. Huh? Did I say that right? All right, sir. <laughs> Did I say that right? A little bit more. You know, he's got a little bit more to it. You know what I mean? So sure. I'm going to rock with sure. Ghost. 
I'm right with Tony Starks. Tony Although, I mean, Inspector Deck isn't really losing because it's his track either way. Right. He wins. Right. 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 Either way, it's a win. <laughs> so, we have agreed once again. Oh, gosh. I'm this not sure. This is scary. Yeah. So, next up is probably one of the most classic beat jackings. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be really up on your music history to be aware of this one. Some of our younger listeners may mm-hmm. not be up on this one. I might not even be up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Next up, we have Chill Rob G, uh-huh. The Power, right? versus Snap, The Power. Okay. Now, do you have a story behind this? Because I didn't remember this situation, but as we start talking about it a little bit more, like it... I have a, a little bit of memory about it. So the story on this is so convoluted. I'm going to try to break it down as simply as I can. Okay. The story on this is so convoluted. And this so, is I Got the Power. The Power. Okay. So 1989, Chill Rob G. So Chill Rob G was um, down with Queen Latifah now. Flavor Unit. Don't think I knew that. Yeah, um, from New Jersey, I believe. So mm-hmm. he was down with the Flavor Unit. The album was Ride the, Ride the Rhythm. Mm-hmm. So on Ride the Rhythm... There's a song, Let the Words Flow, mm-hmm. produced by Mark the 45 King. Right, okay. So, these two German producers, mm-hmm. a one Michael Munzing okay. and Luca Anzalotti. Who? Who? Just two Germans, that's all you need to know. <laughs> okay, he sound like a car. <laughs> I'm about to get that new Luca Angelotti. He's going to go zero to 100 in five <laughs> seconds. You ain't got that Luca Angelotti. So, two German producers... Get that Luca Angelotti like a boss. <laughs> Took the Let the Words Flow lyrics, uh-huh. the Rob G lyrics, his own lyrics, uh-huh. put it over the track that we now know for I Got the Power. Why? Over in Germany and overseas. So they remixed the record. They basically did a remix. Okay, okay, they okay. They basically did a remix and overseas it blew up. Got it. There's some dispute as to whether or not Chill Rob G's label actually licensed it to them or not. What label was he on? Wild Pitch. Ah. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. Which was an independent label. Right. Also the home of OC. Who else was signed to Wild Pitch? Um, Can't remember. Somebody else was signed to... Main Source was signed to Wild Pitch. So there's some discrepancy as to... It sound what it sounds like when he was interviewed is that the label may have licensed it and then just been like, yeah, I don't know how they got that remix. Mm-hmm. Like, may not have it have cop to it. Right. So anyway, the remix overseas blows up. So they then want to drop the single in the states. The foreign car guys. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Anzalotti and them. Right. 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 They want to drop it in the states, but it's got Chill Rob G's vocals on it on a song that, you know, is on an album that he has released. Right. So then they recruit. So confused right now, but go ahead. <laughs> it's very convoluted. <laughs> so Stay confused. with me. Stay okay. with me. Okay. You got to go back in your hip hop archives to even I'm, remember I'm, Chill I'm Rob I'm scrolling G. back in my mind. Like, okay, go ahead. So they want to release it in the States. There's some, you know, I'm sure some legal issues there. They recruit. The guy you now know is the face of Snap. Which is uh, Turbo B. Have him record his own. He's from America or from Germany? I don't know. <laughs> okay, keep going. Look, listen, don't convolute the story <laughs> okay. more. I cool. believe he may have been foreign. Okay. So they recruit him. Uh-huh. He records his own lyrics, of course, and voice over what you now know is I got the power. Right. You know, they have a vocal. He's the lyrical Jesse James. He's the lyrical Jesse James. <laughs> That would all make sense. It's right, him. right. Or, it's him. Or something like that. <laughs> so he records his own lyrics over the track and they release it here in the States. Right. So at that point, Rob G decides to record his own lyrics over that same power Beat. track. 
Oh, gosh. Because he's like, hey, that blew up because of me right. and my lyrics. But now he can't use the, the same lyrics because that was already a song of his. Right. So now he records different lyrics. So, but isn't... Okay, so if Turbo B released a version of it with different lyrics, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now it's, it's a totally not, different song. Right. It's not Chill Rob G's beat, correct? No. So it's a totally different song. Right. Okay. But they still got on because of his... Original joint. So I'm sure he's and the hook like, was still I got, got the no power money from that. The hook was still I got the power. No, on their original Chill Rob <laughs> G song, it was a song called Let the Words Flow. Okay. That no. So stay with me. So Chill Rob G decides to record his own version over the power track and releases it. Right. When the Germans brought Turbo B and the gang mm-hmm. over to the states, they were on Arista Records. Mm. So you have Arista versus, versus Wild, Wild Pitch. Pitch, a much bigger budget, <laughs> much. Better lawyers, like all of that, right? Now it makes sense, and that's why many people don't even remember the Chill Rob G version. Yeah, yeah. There's literally probably four or five different versions of the actual power like the song power. with different vocalists, right? But ultimately, what you come to hear and remember mm-hmm. from 1990 snaps, I got the power, right? Of course, and then if you really are a hip hop head and you remember back that far, yeah, Chill Rob G. I kind of, I, I kind of remember this being addressed on UMTV Raps at some point years and years and years ago but it wasn't anything that that like stuck with me because well i'll tell you you know i tend to have something just pop in my head like one day i think i was just like hey whatever happened to that other guy that had the power song and obviously in 1989 and 90 you know i'm pretty young so i didn't know any of this history back then but one day I was just thinking about it, like, whatever happened to that guy? And how in the world were there two songs right. that were exactly the same? Like, how did that even happen? And I just thought, this was maybe like five, six years ago. And then I just started Googling. Yeah. like, And that took me down a whole entire rabbit hole yeah. of the Chill Rob G history. Right. 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 Um, you know, I just nerd out on and things you see, like I look that. at I look up like crazy facts of no like, consequence. Literally just like, came to me one day, like, why would this there has two got to be powers? the biggest. <laughs> this has got to be like the biggest hip hop trivia question that means absolutely nothing to nobody that there ever was. Like, let me geek out. Just let me. All right, you got it. So let's get into those and let's determine our fate. Okay. Don't say this. Don't say that. Change your lyrics. Everybody's a critic. It's getting kind of hectic. My rhyme is authentic. So it shall remain. My writing exciting. Never mundane. Okay, so I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm rolling with Chill Rob G. Are you really? I'm rolling with Chill nah, Rob G. B. Uh-uh, nah, uh-uh, B. Uh-uh, uh-uh, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I'm rolling with Chill Rob G because he laid the original lyrics nah. that they really just jacked and remixed overseas. He blew them up. Nope. Then I'm rolling with Chill Rob G because he was part of Flavor Unit and he was the one, he's the one out of the two that I actually consider like a real rapper. Number three, I'm rolling with Chill Rob G because Turbo B always irritated me. I could never stand him from day one. Even though Snaps, I Got the Power was a really popular song. It was a pop hit at that time. He just seemed like such a fraud to me. <laughs> he always seemed like he was trying to rap like Chuck G. Chuck, Chuck D. D. Yes, yes, yes. He seemed like he was like somebody was like just um yeah. There's these public enemy dudes like right. just imitate them. <laughs> 
And he seemed like he just like those stupid sunglasses he wore. <laughs> he looked like like the the rap Terminator. Like I I didn't oh, like gosh, him at I'm all. So he was such so fugazi. Right. Like he was so. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a pop song. It's a great pop song. Right. But as a rapper, get all the way out of here. Bye. Okay, so... (laughs) Turbo B. (laughs) Turbo B quiet. (laughs) All right, so I was originally going to go with the lyrical Jesse James. Like, Uh just because of that line alone and just because of... The fact that the girl says it's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. Now she's saying heavy or hectic. That's what, that was always a concern for me too. It's hectic, isn't it? I don't know. It's I hectic. Thought, is it hectic? It's hectic. I always thought it might have been heavy, but it just depends on when you caught me. I might say hectic. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of heavy. I never knew for it's sure. It's hectic. Okay, so I was gonna go with him, but. You just reminded me of him biting Chuck D's entire life and his entire rhyme his style. His whole entire life. Yeah, like, yeah, And not yeah. even well. Right, right. <laughs> not right, even right. well. His whole cadence. Like, if you go back, if you haven't heard Snap, I Got the Power in a While, go back and listen to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, it's like he was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. he li- you know, he listened to. He could now street a Chuck style. He straight just stole it yeah 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 okay. bum rush the show bum rush your whole style alright you convinced me you, you sold me like I was really about to go with Snap's joint because of course that's the record that I'm more familiar with that's the record that to me is, <laughs> to me was the it, it had more impact in my life than the Chill Rob G joint did but also uh oh but wait it gets worse tell him why you mad son <laughs> right. also turbo b has a nerve to have a lyric that says copywritten lyrics so they can't be stolen <laughs> <laughs> the nerve sir Yo, the nerve. Where, where's turbo b now let's get him on the show turbo b is hopefully probably somewhere working at rite aid in germany turbo b should be on the show we need to talk to him Let's reach out. Negative. <laughs> I'll have Chill Rob G on the show. Let's reach out to Turbo. Let's, Let's reach have out them both. To Chill Rob G. Let's have them both on the show. Like, I mean, Chill Rob G is flavor unit. Like I said, number one, original flavor unit. Nah, I Early got it. back in the day flavor unit. I got it. Turbo B is a total total fraud. Oh, okay. Okay, you sold me. You, okay, so we on the same page. You you convinced me. Your argument <laughs> wins. <laughs> the defense rests. Copywritten lyrics so they can't be stolen. Turbo B has to go. Yeah. And he's out. Did of Snap here. have a? Did, did they have another song other than the Power? I can't remember. I feel like they had maybe one more single yeah. that like people knew. Let me do my Googles. Something. Yeah. Wait. Rhythm is a, rhythm is a dancer. Oh, that was them. Yeah. Was he rapping on it? I'm pretty he's sure. He's spitting hot fire. I really, really don't like him. I never <laughs> liked him when I was back then. When I was what? This was 1990. Right. Right. So you always have had a thing against Turbo V. I got it out for him. I never really, I never really thought Those of him like that. Stupid sunglasses, <laughs> standing at that podium. Yo, pull up you the look video. Like a, you look like a jerk. If you're listening to the podcast right now, pull up the video for Snaps, <laughs> the power, and check out his box is real whack too. Now that I think about he it, he was a total fraud. He looked yeah. like I'm going to try to look like an American rapper. All right, cool. and you stole Chuck G, Chuck D's whole cadence. All right, let's move on. All right. Because I'm mad. All right. Calm down. (laughs) Simmer down. Simmer down, Firecracker. All right. So next up, we have Young Jeezy, Mm -hmm. Don't Do It, Uh off of 2008's The Recession, versus Freeway, Baby Don't Do It, off of 2007's Free At Last. Oh. It's going to be good. Let's get into it. Just me and my nigga like what up, though? Still party. Club close, I always go. I guess the back-to-back Lambo's a thing of the past. 
no good Roll up on you while you rolling your woods You never stood a chance or claims another man Alright, so we got Philadelphia Freeway, Young Jizzle from the bottom of the map. Snowman. Yeah. I'm gonna have... Oh, we'll get, we'll, let's talk about the record. Let's talk about the sample. Sample comes from what? Willie Hutch, The Overture of Foxy Brown. So this is a really dope sample. Um, Jeezy's production was DJ Payne. Freeway's production was Chad West Hamilton. This is another really hard one for me, but I do have a, I do have a clear winner. Um, do you want to go first? I'm gonna go with Jeezy. You're going to go with Jeezy? I'm going to go Jeezy. Why? Um, just because I love Jeezy. Well, I love Jeezy and Freeway both on those soulful type records. Yes. Like, I love the way they both sound on those soul samples. But this one, I think Jeezy kind of is my favorite out of these two. Just because his vocals stand out a little bit more um, over this particular um, Willie Hutch sample. It's close, though. It's definitely close. Yeah. But I, can, I can agree with that um, because I, I initially I thought I was going to pick Jeezy, mm -hmm. but I'm actually going to go with Freeway. <gasps> um, Freeway's gritty, rough mm -hmm. uh, vocal really uh, contrasts the really smooth, soulful uh, track. Mm -hmm. Also, this song, uh, Freeway's joints, features Scarface. Um, but it was really, really close. Like, I could really go with either and mm -hmm. not really dispute it. And Jeezy sounds good on certain drums, like um, like Don Cannon. Like, when Jeezy on Don Cannon records are crazy. And Don Cannon just has these drums that sound similar to... Cannon. Right, the ones that we just heard in that record. And Jeezy on those, like a almost like a bongo kind of... like that I just Yeah. Yeah, not quite that, but... Not quite that. Yeah, that. But, yeah. So, I'll I, I right with Jeezy. I can agree with that, and I can see. And like I said, when I initially um, was choosing this set, I thought I would go with Jeezy. But when I really listened to both of them back-to-back -back a couple of times, I was like, I think I'm going to rock with Freeway on this hmm, one. Okay. All right. What but is either first? one, I could totally agree with. Our first... Uh, disagreement? Our, yeah, our first... Well, definitely not our first disagreement, but... <laughs> First, first Don't put our one, business in the street. Our first one that we're at odds about. Next up. Next up. We have Ursha. Mm -hmm. Usher Raymond. Uh huh. The fourth. Uh, is he the fourth or the fifth? I have no idea. Is it He's Usher Raymond the fourth? Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. Wait, I just blanked out on that. Isn't it Usher Raymond the fourth? I don't know. Or is he the fifth? Okay. So anyway, we have Usher Throwback mm -hmm. from the Confessions album, 2004, versus State Property. Want me Stick back? prop chain gang. From the 2003 chain gang album. Okay, let's let's just play the record. Last get into it. Say. You have some things to say. Some things to get off your chest. Yeah. You never miss a good thing to the teacher. Finally, you realize that I need you. I want you back. Baby girl, I need you back. Gotta have you back, baby. Now, I had my issues throughout my lifetime. I did a lot of mean things, not even in my right mind. Shit, sometimes even at the wrong time, but gangsta. It's been around my generation for years, so it's flowing through the bloodline. So I think we talked about it on the Rich Medina episode, but this is such a great song. That Dion Ward record is so great. Especially when it's sped up and mm -hmm. you know, the way Just Plays and the way who produces record? Chad Hamilton? Yes. Chad West Hamilton on State Property. Okay, mm -hmm. so I really, really love that sample. That's the first thing that I want to say. The second thing that I want to say is that um if you have the Confessions album and you have the version without Jadakiss, you're missing out 
on life because the Jadakiss version is so dope. And I I believe I've heard Jada say that the reason that he's he not on the album, on he didn't get it on time. Right, 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 right. Way to be late. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Way to Jada. be late, Kiss. Good job. Um I just love that record. I love that sample. I love the way it sounds. What do you think? Agreed. That Dion Warwick, uh, you're gonna need me is one of my favorite songs. It's one of my prized vinyl possessions. I have that on forty five. Right. It's just a great, great song to sample. Mm-hmm. It's when you talk about soulful yeah like yeah. that's the epitome and if y'all haven't go go back and listen to like episode one of uh this podcast and listen to the rich medina episode and he talks about how he found like seven copies of yeah. the dion record the come know, up yeah at a thrift stop a thrift store for like 25 cents a piece so all my record collectors go out go back and check out episode, episode one episode one of the podcast um this one is super easy for me um it's gonna be usher that Usher, Just Blaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Usher. Even the State Perfect. Property song came out first. Yeah. Um, and I remember hearing that sample on the State Property album. That was like a song that I really loved on the album. And then when Usher and Just Blaze dropped uh, the throwback song, just I was so like, oh, classic. Wow. It's yeah, it's just so, so classic. It's so great. It's so great. Um, so yeah, it's super easy for me too. Usher throwback is Usher. the one. Word up. So last but not least, mm-hmm. we have Biggie, mm-hmm. Notorious B.I.G. B.I.G. P.O.P.P.A. One More Chance uh-huh. from the Ready to Die album, 1994. The original One More Chance. No, the remix. The remix to One More Chance. Okay. The remix. Good um, distinction. Mm-hmm. The remix to One More Chance versus Big L, MVP. Oh, why are you doing me like this? From the Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous One of album. the most underrated hip-hop albums of all time. In 1995. Definitely one of the most underrated albums of all time. Let's get into it. First things first, I pop up. Freaks all the honeys, dummies, playboy bunnies, those wanting money. Those the ones I like because they don't get Nathan but penetration. In a street brawl, I strike men quicker than lightning. You seen what happened in my last fight, friend? I did. L's a clever threat, a lyricist who never sweat. Comparing yourself to me is like a binge to a Chevrolet. Okay, so this is really, really hard for me. So Biggie came out in 94, Bigel came out in 95. Mm-hmm. Biggie, of course, that's such a legendary classic song. Production, Puffy, Rashad Smith. Okay, and Big L's was produced by Lord Finesse. Lord Finesse. Oh, my goodness. So, let me say this. There's nothing like a, a producer from DITC. Like, DITC is probably one of the greatest collectives of, uh, of producers, producers that hip-hop right. has ever seen. When you look at Lord Finesse, when you look at Showbiz, when you look at just everybody who came out of that digging in the crates crew, like, I really, really... Uh, Diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really love the DITC sound. And again, that Big L MVP record is one of the most underrated. Al- yeah, that album is one of the most underrated albums I of agree. all times. Lifestyles of Porn Danger is such a great album. Let's point out um, the sample, The uh-huh. Barge, Stay With Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Classic. So, right. And they definitely they use the sample in the same way, but the sample sounds a little bit different. It does. On both. Uh, Big L's version, the Lord Finesse. Uh, production sounds a little more raw mm-hmm. like a little more street yeah as opposed to puffy's uh version which is uh more glossy mm-hmm. of, of course yeah, yeah being yeah. puff who are you going for mm, this is the other one that's super super hard yeah um because i do because obviously big l is such a phenomenal mc uh and because that album was really underrated it I'm, I lean toward that, but then when you really just look like the grand scheme of yeah, what a classic like One More Chance is, probably changed your life. Like, one More Chance literally was the soundtrack to me 
um, becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. That was part of that soundtrack. So right. I'm going to have to roll with Biggie. I'm going to go with Biggie, too. Um, it's a better song overall. Um, when you look at Big L's lyrics, like lyric for lyric, like Lamont Coleman is just such a phenomenal MC to me. Mm-hmm. Um and he says so many things on that record that lyrically, if we just compare lyrics, I think are better than One More Chance. One More Chance, of course, was a more commercial record. Right. Um, it was a more radio-friendly record. But if we're actually comparing bars, then I think Big L would win. Right. That's why, um, that's why it was hard because that's what I said. Uh, Big L is such a phenomenal MC. I mean, as was Biggie, but I mean... Big L is lyrical. Yeah, but when you look at the totality the song. of the song mm-hmm. and it's I'm a better gonna, single, I'm going to throw out there the impact to the culture right. is going to have to take it over the top. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with right, uh, with one more chance. Mm-hmm. So we agreed on is that it? Is that all we got? That's all of them. We're gonna have to do this again. So we agreed on all but one. Is it all but one? I think one. It was only one that we didn't agree on. Wow. Yeah. So we getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that marital counseling won't be needed after right, all. Oh, right. you know. I guess you can stay. <laughs> Facts, though. <laughs> so here's the thing. As a producer, like, I always wonder, like, what other producers feel when they, you know, when they have a record, when they find a sample and then somebody else comes back behind them and use it, uses it, whether it be intentional or not. Um, back when I was making beats, I had a, I had a, a, a beat that I made and I can't remember what a sample was from, but after i made the beat i was like man this is dope like this is really really dope and maybe like a month later Nas dropped um what was the double cd Nas drop was that street disciple oh yeah 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 street yeah. disciple so right after like a week or so after i made the beat like i found a sample put it in an mpc or whatever made the beat Nas dropped streets disciple and i hear the sample that i used on one of the records I was totally heartbroken. Like this is back when I was trying to like hustle beats. I was trying to sell beats. I was really trying to get on as a producer. Mm-hmm. So of course I looked at the credits and in the credits, I see that the joint was produced by LES. LES is Nas's longtime producer. Right. He did a lot of stuff on Illmatic. He's been producing for Nas for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that Nas had, I saw that Nas had used the beat and L- that LES had made. So the crazy thing is that, a little while later, when I was, you know, working at radio, LES started working at the radio station I was working at. So I had to, I had to go to him. Like you when had I to met share him. with him. Yeah, I had to tell my how story. You were feeling territorial. Yeah, over the yeah. Of course, this is produced. DJ LES. Like he's he produced on Illmatic. Like I'm nobody. Like I don't even have any type of type of placement or nothing. But I definitely had to share the, share the story with him that you know at least I got the same type of ear that he got for samples like and that's really all i wanted to do like i got over it like after we met and we <laughs> talked about it like i i had to suck it up pause but <laughs> but you know it was just crazy it was like a, a, it's like a, a weird feeling like as a producer when you find a sample mm-hmm. and then somebody comes right behind you and either finds that same sample or you know kind of remixes your work right. on that sample um which you know in the newer generation it doesn't matter as much um, but you know, once upon a time, finding samples that, that was, was the art of it. Yeah, it was finding the dope sample that like, no one had used, or using it in a totally different way. Than yeah, like digging had. in the crates was a thing, no pun intended. You know, and that's yeah. why when you hear like Premier talk about um, people who are putting out the break records and listing the artists that 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 they sampled from, and you know how there's a, a whole backlash against 
people doing that because you know when you find that sample a lot of times you don't really want anybody to know where those samples came from or Mm -hmm. you know i mean if it's a loop then of course you loop it up and you know you got to give credit but um you know a lot of times those samples are are kind of sacred you know what i mean like you find a sample that's like your baby almost and then how you manipulate it and do whatever it is you do to it that's just it's a creation yeah it's your creation and you don't really want nobody to mess with that so yeah so jacket for beats that's uh, uh, uh it was dope yeah y'all tell us if you want us to do another jacking for beats in yeah. the future um but i think it was a dope segment yeah so definitely a dope segment and um uh, speaking of sampling since we got biz marquee on the episode you know, it's only right because, you know, a lot of people may not know that Biz is partially responsible for what we now know as hip hop sampling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, back in 91, people may not remember, but Biz was actually sued over one of his songs by the original creator. Mm, give us the deets. Yeah. So Biz got sued uh, for a song called Alone Again, which was uh, a remake of a song that was made by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Um, and he actually got found liable in court. So the judge found that Biz uh, was guilty of copyright infringement and he was ordered to pay $250 in damages. Ooh. Yeah. Well, back, I mean, this was what year? This was 91. So that sounds like a lot for back then. Right. And this judge was so crazy. He also referred the matter to criminal court. Oh, wow. Because he was saying that Biz kind of stole this guy's intellectual property. He wasn't charged with anything, but. You know, just the fact that he was sued for $250,000, he had to cough up that bread, and the label, which was Warner Music, couldn't sell Biz's I Need a Haircut album, or couldn't sell the single. The single. Because it was all on um, that same album. And this was also, like, right after De La Soul had got caught up um, in some sample stuff, they got sued by a group called The Turtles for using unauthorized samples. So, you know, of course, Prince Paul was... And charge a lot of that daylight stuff back in the day, mm-hmm. and it was a whole big Do thing. You know what song so it was for? I don't know what song it was for. I don't know what song it was for. Um, but you know, this kind of changed the way that the labels handled sampling. So your labels had to have like an entire departments dedicated to clearing samples, right. and uh, you know, if an artist doesn't clear a sample, then you can't use it, and you know, all this, a, a lot of this stuff that we now know as. Um, right. sampling and hip-hop came from that lawsuit that biz was a part of and think of all the dope tracks that were you know left on the cutting room floor because they just didn't make that an album because they just couldn't clear the sample yeah and there's actually a website dedicated to just that it's funny you said that it's a website that's dedicated to all of the songs that didn't get clear and didn't get released because of sample clearances oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. so that's an interesting site to go to um, so I guess with that being said, let's get into our interview with Biz Marquis. Of course, he's the Diabolical Biz and longtime member of the Juice Crew. Nobody beats the Biz. Yeah, nobody beats the Biz. So let's get it pop. When I interview with Biz Marquis. Uh... Stop it. <laughs> In hip hop, you really just can't get much more official than Biz Marquis. When you talk about a career that has been nothing short of solid since 1988, you have no choice but to speak on it with respect. MC, DJ, beatboxer, dope hook singer. Biz possesses a magic so potent that it seems tangible. Quite the DJ in demand, Biz stays on the move at gigs all over the world, but he made time to kick it with us in a phone interview. We chop it up about everything from initiation into the Juice Crew to other dope MCs he shared a high school group with to a felt new figure. I even get Biz to sing my favorite Biz Markey hook. Let's get into it. This is your 30 year anniversary of being in the music business. First record from, you know, records like Make uh, Make the Music and the Biz Dance. Yeah, so, like Biz Dance and all that. 
So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately, man, and I constantly hear people say that back in the day you were always like hanging out at their high school. People like Prince Paul, Mr. C, and I think De La Soul have all said that, you know, they they could find you at their high school back in the day. So take us back a little bit. Like what was a day in the life of of Biz Light back then? And, you know, why were you popping up at, at everybody's school back in the day? Right. So from back in those days, like, who else do you remember that was just starting out? Uh, me and Rakim was in a group together. Oh, what was the name um, of that group? I remember, uh, the Love Brothers. <laughs> um, 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 who else was back then? Um, K Solo was down with, uh, people from CI. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 who else? It was just a lot of people. Big Daddy Kane, I used to go to his school. Right. And hang out with him when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, coming from... Dirty Bassett and Genius. Oh, wow. So, coming yeah. from, from Long Island, do you think that L.I. gets the credit when it comes to breeding so many dope hip-hop artists? I mean, you, Buster, Dayla, Prince Paul, Rakim, Public Enemy, Bumpy Knuckles. Craig like, Mack. Craig Mack, yeah. So, do you think y'all get the credit? EPMD. EPMD. So many. Records, you know, you and Big Daddy Kane have a long relationship and have, you know, some some real dope records and some real classic hip hop records together. How did that friendship start? I know you said that you used to go to this high school, but how did how did the relationship with Kane start? Well, the relationship with Kane, me and him battled in right by the Albany Square Mall at a store called Macquarie's, and we battled and I beat him <laughs> in a battle, and I said, "Yo, you dope though." It was a close battle. And and I just said, uh, I said, yo, yeah, if you get down with me, I guarantee you, you make a record. I didn't even have a record at that time. Mm-hmm. But he stuck with me, and, you know, I made sure he got out of high school, diploma and all that. And then we just went on, and we went on, a, we went on that hip-hop excursion, you know what I mean? What year did and you we, meet, we what year did you meet Kane? I met Kane in 84. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Biz, one of the first times that the world got a chance to see and hear from you, we went online and we found a documentary. I don't know if you remember, it was called Big Fun in the Big Town back in 1986. That was before, of course, going off. Talk to us about what was going on for you at the beginning of your career in those couple of years leading up to going off. Well, for me to click, I got down with Shantae, my little sister Shantae, I got down with her and... And I, I got down with Shan, Shan and Shantae. And that's how I got, that's how I clicked. I, I used to go to everybody projects and battle everybody in dancing, beatbox, and rapping. But when I went to Queensbridge, they didn't, uh, Shan and Shantae didn't know I know how to rap. Only thing I did was beatbox. So for a year and a half, 
they didn't know I knew how to rap. Okay, well, that's, that brings us to the Juice Crew then. Uh, what led to you being invited to join the Juice Crew and, and getting down with Marley Marl and Mr. Magic? How did that come about? Was it just through Shantae? It was through Shantae and Shan. And then Marley, accepted, Marley and uh, Mr. Magic accepted me in the group. So they didn't have any... I had to work for it, though, but I, I got accepted after that. What was the initiation process? <laughs> what did they take you through to prove that you were worthy to be in the Juice Crew? Battles, uh, going on the road, battling everybody on the road, and not getting paid. So, I was just happy to be down. That laid the foundation, I'm sure, for your career. So what was your experience like at Cold Chillin'? How would you compare Cold Chillin' as a label to maybe what other hip-hop artists were going through at more mainstream labels? Uh, it was just beautiful. They gave you your own creative control. Uh, and, and it, before, before Cold Chillin', it was prison. Mm. Like make the music and nobody beats the biz. The stuff was on prison first, and then when we went, when we when they tried to deal with Warner Brothers, they did Cold Chillin', and that's when the album came out, Dangerous and everything. Mm -hmm. So Prism was first. So from Prism to Cold Chillin', and all of that was still Fly Tie and just what we know is Cold Right, right. How do you think it was for them as an independent label at that time, just kind of being able to make way in? you know, become such a legendary entity in hip-hop in those early days because there weren't a lot of hip-hop labels back then. And Cold well, Chillin' was one that stood the test of time. They, well, they were just putting the product out. They didn't really know what they had. They were just putting the product out and, you know, radio and street over. They yeah. didn't really know what they, you know what I mean? We, we were the ear to the ground. We, we all of us was the ear to the ground. We do because I used to hang out every man. You know, I, I knew what to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what is so that? What is what, what did that musical background come from? Like, does your family have a strong musical focus? Well, my father, my father was a saxophone player. Mm. He used to play with John Coltrane, Sonny Stitt. He used to play with a lot of things. But my musical thing came from the first tape I heard with the L Brothers, and that's what Grant was a theater on them, and that's what made me work hard and harder because I came from Long Island and Long Island and Pat and uh Organ like Brentwood was considered a country. We had to try triple as hard as we had to you know what I mean? Yeah. To make it in. As far as your musical taste, like what else were you listening to back then? As you were coming up in high school and coming up in the ranks, like what else were you listening to? Well, since I lived in Long Island, I was listening to soft rock, but I was listening to any hip hop tape that I could get my hand on. Mm-hmm. And I'll just break. Let's talk about the difference in genres because things kind of switched around from, you know, from the 80s and 90s until now. Like, how was that transition for you as an artist coming up in the 80s and in the 90s and then kind of transitioning into the 2000s? Well, I take music as a hobby. So, me transitioning, I just try to get into where I'm fitting, but I like to stay sharp and at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. So on the on the tour, when they come out to see Biz as the DJ, like what is, what are some of the things that that people can expect? You can expect to have a good time, and you can expect to hear stuff that you usually don't hear everywhere. Now, as a DJ, Biz, what's your favorite genre of music to play? Is it hip hop or another genre? It depends on the crowd. I can't tell you what genre it is. It depends what's in front of me. Okay, so you kind of go off of the vibe of the crowd, and then you know what to play. Yeah, you gotta you gotta adapt to the crowd. Like I just came off. Of, our 80s crews were 99% white people. Mm-hmm. But them, dude, they party harder than any <laughs> black people ever. 
Right. They party on. Right. Well, you know I'm they party. Until I die. So what records are you playing at on the cruise that gets the biggest response? I play a lot of records. It's like every night was different. It's like I had to go, like every night I had to go, I had to go home and do my homework like I was in school or something. <laughs> Which one of your songs get got the biggest response on the cruise? You got what I mean. So now you've got a lot of, or just a lot of anthems, a lot of records with, you know, just like some really dope hooks over the years. What's your favorite hook that you've ever recorded on a song? Because it's been a lot. You got what I need, Spring Again, uh, Erase Racism, Oh What a Night. My favorite is Erase Racism. The ink is black. Right. I'm not going to go into the whole hook, but... <laughs> I love it. I think my, my, um, my favorite hook has to be Justified. How did Either you... that or Nobody Beats the Bed. So, what do you, what's your process in just coming up with a dope hook? Do they just pop into your head? Do you sit down and think about it? Do you have the music first? you have the hook first? What's business process? Uh, I do anything at the same time. I usually just... I go to sleep. And then when I wake up, I just write the record. It only takes me like 10 minutes to write the record. <laughs> I know I already know. I have to put my words together. I have to put my words together, right? Now, just on a side note, just personally, we kind of want to know what happened to, as far as like a where are they now? Where are Diamond Shell and Granddaddy IU? Are you still down with them? Well, I'm, well IU was with me on Sunday. We had a uh, reunion at my club in Jersey mm. for Coovey book signing, uh, the symphony. You go on Coovey.com, you try to get the book if y'all can. Absolutely. But it's about the whole Jewish crew. Uh, and my brother is in Atlanta. He, he had a successful security firm. Oh, cool. That's, That's another one of my favorite hooks that, ladies oh, know. Yes, that. yes. Ladies know my name is Right? Absolutely. Classic, classic. That makes me smile. Biz, what music are you listening to right now? So if you're in your car right now, what are you? What did you just turn off before we, we got on the phone? Uh, Bonnie Tyler, Totally Clips of the Heart. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I can rock out to that. I don't even know what that is, Biz. I do. <laughs> Sing one of her joints, Biz. Like, how does the song go? Turn around. Okay, I got it, yep. Oh, yeah, I do know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> I, li- I listen to so many different genres of music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I DJ all the new stuff, so I don't really listen to it because I play it every week. Right. So I listen to stuff that I just like records. I like great music. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you really couldn't be an effective DJ without having that bass in so many different genres. I got to. I never know what's in front of me. What do you love more, your record collection or your sneaker collection? Records, hands down. Records, hands down? How many records are in the collection? How heavy is it? Um, about 150,000 150, albums, uh, about 90,000 12 inches, and about 100,000 45. Gosh. Storages all over the country, or are they all in one place? What's I would send you a picture, but you might send the picture out. Right. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite place to dig? Like, where did, where did, where have you found like some found some of your best records? Like some of the biggest gems. I can't. I, I went to Jukebox Spot, so I mean, I can't. It, it's a, I, I I can't even tell you because I've been shopping since I've been shopping since like seventy nine, seventy since eighty. Right. So I can't tell you different places. Right. Right. Like my favorite places was like Phoenix, New York. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, Downstairs Records, King Carol, uh, Prickly Pear, and uh, Phoenix, A1, A1 
Absolutely. So, so let's talk about your health. Tell us about that weight loss, man. I know you lost over 140 pounds. Like, what was the process for that? Well, I lost 150, and um, I just changed my diet because I was, you know, I was found out I was a diabetic because I was real big. I was almost 400 pounds, mm-hmm. and then I had a bet with Will Smith and, and a couple other people for for a lot of money per pound. So I bought it all down. So yeah. I crapped it and pissed it out, and now I'm super sexy, sassy with my alcohol together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, so what tips do you have for anybody who wants to kind of lose that weight and start living healthy? Well, the the main the main thing is at least have, at least after you eat like at nighttime, at least let your food digest twelve hours. That's mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing is you got to add water. You got to add raw apple cider vinegar to your diet. Mm-hmm. Another thing is you gotta uh, you gotta um, cleanse at least three three every three months. Get a cleanse. Mm-hmm. Again, you get you get a whole body cleanse out of the, out of like Whole Foods, Moms, Trader Joe's, one of the and you just gotta you got you got and you gotta live to eat, not just eat to live. Absolutely. So so what type of cleanse does the biz suggest? I'm gonna go to Whole Foods when we get off the phone. Right, we're trying to get right. It's in a green box. It's called Whole Body Cleanse. Okay, okay. But I think that you should get you should get a cleanse while get the first cleanse because I don't want to get something that's too violent. And you in a car and traffic is just flying out of your windows. It'll be a problem. It'll, it'll, it'll be a problem out there. That's not cute at all. I just say you get you know, get one that's called, it's in a yellow box, it's called First Cleanse. First Cleanse, all right. You know I mean? um, now, Biz, you have a lot of upcoming events, music festivals. What's your favorite? Is festivals, parties, corporate events, these different things you're doing, what's your favorite to just be able to get in there and DJ and rock out? I just like them all. All I can't right. even tell you what's his favorite. Anywhere you can I go and like, get busy. I just like to see people screaming and singing. I, I, I even like DJing in the park, like with uh, Tools of War, uh, Cretona Park in, in the summertime. Uh-huh. We all get together, Big Theodore, Flash, uh-huh. Rock and Roll, Redler, all of us get together, Jazzy J. We all get together. And we, we rock out. I usually bring my 45s up. Yeah, that's dope. Now, you mentioned you mentioned Will Smith. Let's go back just a little bit. Now, I know at one point in time, you kind of took Jazzy Jeff's place as Will's DJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Jeff was doing a music album, doing Jill Scott's album. He was doing a lot of albums. So, I think uh, the, the only one they trusted to, to take, take uh, Jeff's spot was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then after that... And then, you know, I, I was with, I mean, Will and them gave me that opportunity, and then they put me in the movie Men in Black too. Give me some one of the stories, man, from those days when you were touring, because I know there were some wild days with when you were touring with Kane and touring with, with Shantae and just touring with everybody. Like, what's one of the wildest things that's ever happened to you on tour? In Mexico, in New Mexico, I think it's Albuquerque, an Indian family came and set up a teepee in my bed, <laughs> set up a teepee in my room, uh-huh. and did a victory dance and prayed for me and gave me a lucky fellow. Now, was was that the the catalyst for the album cover where we you have? No, 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 I'm Indian. I'm Indian by I'm I'm, yeah, I'm I'm Indian. I got the Indian in my family for real. Oh, okay. Three fourths yeah, Cherokee. Yeah, I got Cool. So Las Vegas, you going to Vegas for a residency, right? Yeah, I'm going to residency in Vegas. Oh, that's I'm dope. Trying to tell you, that is the dopest thing I can think of. Biz Marquee Residency. That's what's up. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Also, Cutmaster Cool V, Street Dedication in Elizabeth, New Jersey. How was that? Oh, that was great. You know, it just, you know, 
we did a lot of stuff for the community, whether it's in Long Island, whether it's in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We, we we do we did a um, we did a uh, we did a lot of stuff for the community and stuff. It's just thank uh, everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, yeah. You know. It was a touching moment. Yeah, cool. That's dope, man. So, you know, I just want to thank you, man, just for your contribution to hip-hop. You know, I can I could easily say that in, in, in 91, I probably listened to that I Need a Haircut tape at least 5,000 times, man. Like, easily. Oh, the beats on that one was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> also, I do want to say that one of my favorite gym playlists is definitely my Bismarcky playlist. Oh, okay. I don't even... Oh, is that on? No, that's just one I created. <laughs> All my favorite uh-huh. Bismarcky okay, okay, jams. Okay, okay. <laughs> Biz, we appreciate your time. What's your social media, man, so everybody can know how to holler at you? Official Bismarcky on Instagram, uh, Biz, the real Bismarcky on uh, Twitter, and, you know, my Facebook, I'm Bismarcky. Biz, we really right. appreciate it. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you. So that's our interview with Biz Marquis. Uh It was good to hear Biz talking about his health and good to hear that he, you know, lost a lot of weight. Um, it was a really good interview just considering that just recently Juice Crew had their reunion reunion, and yes. everybody was there and Biz. I would have and, loved to have been there for Yeah, that. it was at, what was it, at, in New York at B.B. King's maybe? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, that is where uh, Kane said he was doing his last, uh, what is it, the, his last time doing that dance routine with, with Scoop and Scrap. Scoop and Scrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, also, in Juice Crew news, you know, Roxanne Shante has that movie. Yeah. Can I just say that we really want to get Kane on the show? And yes. we're really fighting to get Kane on this show. Like, we really have been reaching out and trying to get Kane. So, if anybody out there got a, a plug a or connect, connect with Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> I mean, we're like, right up the street. He right. lives here. <laughs> Literally. So, we're working hard to get y'all Big Daddy Kane. So, tweet Big Daddy Kane at him. Let him know. On, he's always on Instagram, y'all. Please, please, please just go on his Instagram and on his social media and hit him up and let him know that you want to hear him on the Can I Kick It podcast. Can y'all do that for us? Word. Word. So, with that being said, I guess that's all we got. We're getting ready to get out of here. Um, shout out to everybody who follows us on Instagram. Our Instagram page is at Can I Kick It Podcast. Everybody who follow us, follows us on Twitter, the Twitter is at Can I Kick It Show. Um, be sure to comment. You can get us on SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Google Play Music, anywhere you stream your podcast from, you can get us. If you can't get us anywhere, you hit us up on the email at canikickitpodcast at gmail. And just be sure to subscribe, comment, tell your friends about it, share it with as many people as you can possibly share it with. And we got to give a huge shout out to somebody who we found out was our number one fan. Yes, that would be uh, Miss Nyla in Virginia. Okay, so Nyla in Virginia, she's a young lady who rocks out with our podcast. I think she said that she's listened to the first episode. Six times. Six times. Who would want to hear our voices six times in a row? (laughs) I don't know. But I just want to give a double salute to her and just thank to everybody who's been rocking out uh with the podcast so be sure to follow us on all of those social media networks and uh we'll catch y'all next time all right all right peace